It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way. And Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Into Monday morning, we roll on, and we wish you the best of Monday mornings. Hope it's going well for you. Good morning, and welcome to Light the Tower here on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260, or live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. So, yes, here on this warm Monday morning. I don't know why, uh, about you folks, but sometimes I, I hear that and I say, well, it's going to be another warm day. No, it's not going to be another warm day. It's going to be like, you know, temperature of hell day. I mean, it's going to be bl- like blistering hot. And yet, Satan's undercarriage hot. <laughs> there you go. We're underway. My name's Cryway. That voice, of course, is that of my co-host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County, a proud graduate of Florence High School. Even prouder that I didn't go to Gerald. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. Uh, you know him best for his outstanding work at Horns 24-7, Jeff Howe, who, who did uh, get a chuckle out of the fact that as I moderated uh, a panel discussion, uh, uh, hosted a Q&A with Mac Brown, and participated in another panel discussion, Jeff got a chuckle out of me wearing the uh, requisite Texas... <laughs> High School Coaches Association Staff Coaches Polo, which yesterday, the color choice yesterday for the staff polo was purple. That one looks fine. The teal looks fine. I got the teal on the you got the white striping, the yeah. white piping on it, if you will. I, I thought, you know, uh, when and, and every year the uh, Coach Association uh, changes out uh, the colors. They do uh, different, you know, colors of their polos every year. And um, this year, the uh, color choices just happen to be teal and purple. And uh, I had said to uh, Jeff, I said, somebody's going to give me some grief about this. Sure enough, none other than somebody turned out to be Sark. Steve Sark, he says, look at you in the purple. <laughs> Walking around like the Grimace. Yeah, that's what I said. It was kind of the Grimace thing. But it was. Uh, but uh, we had a great time at coaching school, and and and, uh, and Jeff was down there as well. And uh, Jeff was there also for the um, press conference for Sark because each of the invited uh, Division One FBS coaches who were there were invited to to, if they would, participate in two things. One, the uh, panel discussion, and secondly, a news conference. This is an annual thing. They've been doing this for years and years and years. As long as I've been going to these deals. This this was my 38th coaching school, going back to 1985. It was not my 38th, but I've been to a few. Yeah, it was my 38th, going back to 1985, and... um, and and they always have the the uh, 
Division I coaches in the state participate in individual news conference because it gives media from across the state who might not have an opportunity to make it to Big 12 Media Day or, in the case of this, SEC Media Day starting in Nashville or whatever. Uh, and they've you know, they've gone on their American Conference Media Days, Conference USA, uh, things like that, uh, that it gives them an opportunity by coming to coaching school a chance to hear from those coaches. Hey, before before we go on, can I get mm-hmm. a quick shout-out to one of our area coaches yeah. who sought me out sure. yesterday? Uh, Joe Frank Martinez at Travis. Yeah, gave me saw, a big hug yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> saw him, saw him in the, on the third floor milling about. Actually, he saw me and came up to me, and I was talking to somebody, uh, and I saw him kind of coming up out of the corner of my eye, so I got to talk to Coach Martinez. For yeah, a so. it was great to see him. I saw Tony Salazar yesterday. Briefly, it, very it, briefly it, saw Jamal Finner. Yeah. So. Yeah. His role at Texas. So. I told him, I said, you look good in that burnt orange. He had the burnt orange. <laughs> I, I started to said, maybe you should be wearing the purple and I should be wearing the burnt orange. But yeah. he was he was wearing uh, the uh, the uh, burnt orange coaches polo from the University of Texas, of course, uh, in his role with uh, high school relations with the Longhorn football program. So there's a news conference and then there's a panel discussion. So they have uh, they have both and an opportunity to participate in uh, in those things. And, um, and, and so – as the moderator on those deals, uh, and they give me a badge to be, you know, whatever staffer, it lists me as staff. And of course, I uh, MC'd the Hall of Honor dinner on Saturday night, which was just awesome. The, the Hall of Honor banquet is always great, a great event, and uh, did that. So it just so happened this year the two polo choices are teal and purple. And if for folks who say, well, why didn't you wear the teal one? Because you are assigned a color on that day. And yesterday's color assignment was purple. Today is teal. Now, they're, they're still going on down there. We had to get back uh, to do a show, but I am wearing my teal one today. So Coach they, West and all the staff over there, everybody was walking around with the, the purple, purple shirts yesterday. We had the purple on yesterday. Absolutely. So um, – a lot of fun uh, with that and a lot to get to on the program. You were in that press conference there for Sark yesterday. I was. So we've got sound from that Yes, today. and you know who cut that sound for us. The one and only producer, and you call him what, play-by-play the prodigy? play-by-play prodigy. That would be Cameron Parker, who was back here minding the store as always. Cameron. For the first time in, what, 100 years, we're all back together in the studio? Jeff, yeah, me, been a minute. Yeah. and Craig? Yeah, it's a little a bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's good. We get a couple of days because I'm out on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So yep. scheduled day off. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, we get a couple of days and then a little break and then a couple more days. Yep, yep. So, uh, so yes, we're all uh, back in the house together. So that's that's a good thing there. So we did. So Cam sliced and diced that. Also, I had an interview, uh, a, a brief chat with G.J. Kinney. The head coach of Jeff's alma mater. My. Oh, I'm I'm wearing my Texas State shirt today. You are, you are wearing that. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, you know, obviously, in addition to uh, covering the Longhorns as we do, we also uh, cover Texas State. So uh, uh, I had an opportunity to visit with Coach. K. I hadn't had. We, we joked about this. I had not had an opportunity to have just a a, a conversation with him since he was on the roster at the University of Texas. <laughs> That's how long ago it's been. Man. Yeah, because then, of course, obviously he transferred to Tulsa and he, he played well there and uh, then went into the coaching realm. You know, I was, I was talking to Mac yesterday uh, about one of the things I wanted to ask him, and he appreciated the question. A lot of guys that played for him are high school coaches, they're college coaches, they're NFL coaches, and Kyle Shanahan, you know, most notably among them. And I thought about it, I'm like, man, you know what? If you look at that, that Mac Brown 
coaching tree of his players, uh, Gigi counts toward that. He did yes. spend a year as a backup quarterback at Texas, so he he counts. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So, uh, uh, but we we had a good we had a good visit, and we'll have the uh, uh, the uh, interview we did about his about his football team uh, coming up as well. So we'll have that. Um, can I can I tell you something though on that front? Yeah, very optimistic. First time I've been legitimately optimistic about where my alma mater good. is headed on the gridiron. It's not just because of GJ. When I was down there for the baseball game, uh, when Texas played mm-hmm. down at Bobcat Ballpark, mm-hmm. to see an athletic director and a president who were present and interacting with the students and look like they are legitimately excited about athletics. Very supportive of it. Yeah, that gives me hope that hadn't been there in a long time Yeah, for my alma mater. That's so, cool. Really, really good to see. I had my first conversation also with the head coach of my alma mater, Eric yeah. Morris, the head coach in North Texas. And, uh, and and we visited for a little, little bit, and he said, you're going to come see us? He goes, I know you're a little busy with what you're doing. I said, well, there is an open date on the schedule. He goes, check it. If we're, if we're at home, let me know. He goes, I'll hook you up. <laughs> and there, you know, you talk about everybody wants to recruit the Metroplex. Mm-hmm. He's made the right moves. I mean, he got Chris Gilbert. Over to, on his staff after you know coaches a couple years he did. on Sark staff, Justin Owens running recruiting and there's probably not anybody as plugged into kids in the Metroplex like Coach O is. So he's Eric Morris has made some really good moves putting that staff together. He said nine of his coaches have Texas high school coaching experience. Yeah. So uh, they they all know that. So there's 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 uh, a lot to get to uh, there with. Hey, the why did Dana Holgerson look dressed like he was ready to go coach a game yesterday? He was. He was. In he had like the polo. khakis and his coach's polo had tucked in his hat. On. I'm like, dude, he, he all he needs is a headset and he's he's ready to go. You know, uh, the the division. Everybody else is wearing suit jackets and Holgerson's ready for kickoff. It, it, it's funny you bring that up because, like I said, the sequence of events runs like this: uh, when you go into coaching school, and for folks who don't know what coaching school is. It is the largest convocation of coaches uh, in the world at any one time. Like nearly 13,000 coaches all descending on Houston. Now, I, I used to call it the world's largest convocation of bike shorts and heat balm what? because it used what? to be that way back in the day of the, the bike requisite, shorts. Can I give to remind everybody the requisite offensive line coaching uniform? You got the polo shirt, not, not the dry fit, the cotton polo. Yeah. You know, Tucked into the and the polo's got to have some kind of stain on it. Yes. It's tucked into the bike or the Voigt coaching shorts. Yeah, those and if you're an the off, elastic ones, yeah. And if you're an offensive line coach worth your salt, you've got a snuff can in your back pocket mm. or a, a ring where your snuff might have leaked through and exactly. there's that skull ring on your back pocket. Tall white socks, yeah. Yep. And then sneakers. Yeah. And Looking like those Nike Monarchs, like the old old man grandpa shoes. You remember yeah. our, our friend, the late Maury Salinger, who for many years was the press coordinator for the High School Coaches Association. I, I got in I got in on some of those deals when Maury was still there. Maury used to dress exactly yep. like that mm-hmm. every year. Every year he did. Uh, so, yeah, it was uh, it, it, it's cool. And, and it, But the, the event, it used to be that the final event of coaching school was the Hall of Honor banquet, but it was a luncheon. Mm-hmm. And they changed that a few years ago to a dinner, and I think it, and it's been it was so much better received. Not just because it's a dinner instead of a luncheon, but because it kind of starts everything off on Saturday night. And it's not where everybody's just leaving on that day. Exactly. Yeah. They they had the largest attendance ever 
for their Hall of Honor thing. It was nearly a thousand people. For yeah, that. Some heavy hitters going in. This yeah, year. yeah. Tim Buchanan, of course, and uh, you know, it was in there. Glenn West himself uh, going in there. David Amon, who won a state state title when he had Bobby Reed at quarterback. I did. I called that state championship. Game. Hey, because Tim Buchanan's in the Hall of Honor, we can say Florence, Texas, has produced somebody in the THSCA Hall of Honor. He 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 does have an affiliation with Florence. He proud proudly claims his affiliation. He he does now. What went on in his bio was to listen that he played football at Colleen. Right. But, yes, he started out in Florence. Uh, so, there, so there was that. Don Compton, who did a great job for decades in the panhandle at Hereford. Uh, and his big, his big coaching cry was, hubba, hubba. And, and one of the guys who played quarterback for him was Alan Mortis, uh, son of the, the, you know, the great Larry Mortis, the coach there. Alan, by the way, of course, very, very close friend. With our good friend, the Colonel, the retired Colonel Craig Flowers, and I talked to Alan after the, after the banquet. I said, "Where's your Where's your soulmate <laughs> for that?" He said, "He's making money. He's out there doing that." But he was uh, uh, so that yeah, it was a great uh, a great event that we had. Oh, and Brian Dowson, who won state championship mm-hmm. in '95 at San Antonio Roosevelt, and I did that game. I remember that very well. Remember he had the big defensive end Dwayne Missouri, mm-hmm. who was really really played good. for the Cowboys for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he was he was the keynote of that defense, and they beat a favored Flower Mount Marcus team, uh, and and knocked it. They had um, Chris Sanders at quarterback. Was that the uh, was that the game you did at Alamo Stadium? It in, was in at the, the, the rock ply, pile, the plywood. Uh, when, when they when yeah. they wired up the wrong booth, we were supposed <laughs> to. Jerry Comalander, the the uh, athletic director for the San Antonio ISD, went to great pains to setting up this, reserving this nice uh, weather protected booth there for us. And the crew for what was then called Prime Sports. It was mm-hmm. before yeah. Fox Southwest. In between the HSE days and the Fox Southwest days, it was called Prime Sports. Wired the wrong. They they wired this plywood like deer blind that was on top of the press box for some for school video cameras. And we're like, what are you doing? And producers, well, too late now. Got to use it. Great. Fortunately, it wasn't too bad. It was 50 degrees and chilly with the wind blowing. But Ed Biles and I called that game. Back in the day, so it was, it was. You start off with the Hall of Honor. Cameron doesn't know about that, by the way. Cameron gets those as the voice of the McNeil Mavericks. You got the nice Cush uh, Kelly Reeves Athletic Complex. Yeah. Well, I've been in Press some. Blocks. I've been in Nelson Field. <laughs> Why you got to throw Nelson under? Yeah, the bus? we throwing Victor under the bus here for you know. <laughs> I love working at Nelson. Have, hey, you haven't done play by play for high school football in this area until you've done a game on the roof of House Park, which I know Craig has. It's the Valhalla. And it's a shame it's not allowed anymore because you would you would really enjoy it. There's a yeah. there's Keith a Moore's shot of me and there. there's a shot of me and Rod Babers calling the game. I was gonna say Rod's been up there. Yep. Uh huh. Wonderful place. That, so it, Cameron, if you get a chance to go to House Park, just tell him. Can you guys put me on the roof? Yeah, let me. Let me up it's there not structurally that one time. sound like no no no. I, this is a bucket list thing. I need to cross it off. I've been there twice, and the way the the press box is positioned, the sun is beaming right on you yeah. until it goes behind. Yeah. So that that little room is that's because you're on. The, that's because they put you on the east side. Yeah. Over there, when you're looking right into that, that's where they have to put radio nowadays. Uh, now, when Roger Wallace does uh, the Taco Shack Bowl over here, they are on the west side. It's in a very tiny mm-hmm. booth, but they're on the west side there. But we used to get on the roof, and I always said, I'll never forget, the first time I was on the roof there was Anderson High to lead off the 98 season. Anderson against Victoria, and Victoria was really good. Mark Reeve was the coach there, and I saw Coach yeah. Reeve yesterday. Uh, and they came in, and the temperature on the roof 
our good friend Mike Pirtle had a digital thermometer up there on the roof. It was 108 mm. on the roof there. And we felt like we were melting there because you're right there in the sun. But it was still great. And, and Anderson. Did you have an awning or a tent or nope. anything? No. Nope. Now, well, later in later years, we did do that. But at the time, before they, they was, figured they out the winch it. and pulley thing where they would get all the stuff up and hoist it up there <laughs> in the days before, that you just you, you shot it up through this little chute. And it, Chad Hastings always said that when he did games there and worked with me on some, you had to climb this ladder through this little chute up to the roof. Yeah. He said it reminded him of like an action-adventure film, like something like a Steven Seagal thing. Move, move, move! There's no time! Get out! Get out! And you're having to move up through there. It was great. I love doing it up there. I think Victoria won like forty-eight-seven or something like that. But it was a, it was a uh, great. Also, one of the strangest, uh, oddest, uncomfortable broadcast experiences I have ever had happened on that roof. The roof of House Park, and it had yeah. nothing to do with the roof. Wasn't the heat stroke? Nope, had nothing to do with that. It was nine thirteen oh one. Yeah. Two days after 9-11. And at the time, and we were we were set to broadcast Lanier at the time. Now, of course, obviously, it's it's uh, Navarro early college prep. But Lanier against Kerrville Tyvee, pre-Johnny Manziel. Yes. Uh, and it was a Thursday night game. And um, uh, the, the morning of 9-11, I was sick, actually. I was asleep and I had been sick. And then I get up about 10 o'clock, and Chad calls me because we were running. He goes, hey, have you heard if the game's been canceled yet? And I said, what? He goes, if they, if, if, no, first he goes, are, are we still on for the game? And I'm like, dude, I was sick. I'll be okay by Thursday. He goes, no, 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 I'm talking about with everything's happening. I said, what do you mean? He goes, the world's gone crazy. Check your television. And I, and I had not known because uh, yeah. I'd been sick. And, and so, but the game was not canceled. And and so we had to do the game, and it was fifty-two to nothing. And we did did the game, and then the next night, Keith Moreland and I did Westlake, and A and M consolidated over in College Station. Had a big patriotic thing with both bands. The high schools in every state in the United States, other than New York, obviously, and I think there was one other one, maybe Massachusetts. There were the only ones that voted not to play that weekend. Every other state athletic organization uh, voted to play that weekend. So we had a scheduled broadcast, but it just felt strange and eerie and out of place. But that was on the roof yeah. of House Park as well. So anyway. Uh, the, you know where uh, my high school game was? Because that was my senior year where our high school game was the week of 9-11. Where? The graveyard in San Saba. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And you guys played. Played. If I remember right, didn't didn't for sure know until like Wednesday afternoon. That's correct. That's we correct. Playing. Yep. Yeah. That's correct. Um, so the, the, the hall of honor banquet, uh, is Saturday night. And then it started yesterday. Uh, the exhibit halls. Did you get a chance to go into the exhibit halls? You know, I didn't, uh, I got my credential, which is Mm -hmm. right, right on the, right outside the exhibit hall, but I didn't get a chance to go through. I was going to go holler at the Dave Campbell's crew. They were there. I saw, I saw some people coming and going, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to go to the exhibit hall. It's, it's usual craziness. I told Cam, I said, he, he has to go one year just to, you know, if if you can think of something that would be a gadget or a device or a learning instruction thing or apparel or energy drink or whatever, 
it's there yeah. because all those vendors are there, you know, appealing to the high school coaches and administrators. I needed to go find uh, whoever's making, whether it's, I don't know if it's McDavid or whoever's making blocking equipment, ask them, hey, why don't, why don't y'all make some people buy some seven-man sleds? Stop making five-man sleds. Just make seven-man sleds. There you go. And get on them and bring it back. Make it great again. One guy I saw is my broadcast partner on the high school state championship telecast, Gary Reasons. I did see Gary Reasons yesterday. Uh, he's, he's got a new book coming out. We're going to have Gary on the show here sometime in the next 10 days or so. Nice. Uh, to uh, uh, When he gets his schedule in line, uh, talk about his his book. And he's doing some other things, an initiative out of, outside of it, a, uh, a charitable initiative, and it's really cool. So we'll do that. So on Sunday, you have lectures, and on Monday, you have lectures. And tomorrow, and I, didn't, I didn't get to go to any lectures yesterday either. I walked the, in the, on a couple. The one I wanted to go to was there. There was a press conference going on at that's, that time. That's right. And and then there, so there was lectures yesterday. There are lectures all day today, and then tomorrow is the uh, general assembly where they elect a new president and do some other things as well. But uh, we had uh, we had a couple of really cool uh, moments. Like I said, uh, just past noon we had a Q and A. Mac Brown and I. We're on the stage. It was very similar, in the, and, and I wanted it to be this way on purpose. If you if you listen to the program on Friday, when Mac was on uh, with us on Friday uh, here on Light the Tower, a lot of the things I asked him were things that I asked him on Sunday, and I wanted that way because I wanted I wanted our, our 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 listeners, our folks, to hear a little bit about what he was going to talk about. And uh, it, it was even more expansive on the show here because we had more time. We only had 20, 25 minutes to do, and we went about 25 minutes. And then Mac and I participated in a panel discussion along with Jody Conrad mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Libby Pacheco of the High School Coaches Education Foundation, and, and uh, we participated in the panel discussion, and that, and that was cool. And then there were all that series of news conferences like the ones that Jeff was in, including one with Mac Brown. He did a news conference after, and there's that iconic picture, a picture of him and Sark, yeah. and I put it as part of a Facebook post up there. It was the, the, the two of them together. It was it was good to see Mac, and he seemed happy to, to see me. He was We were kind of got to the podium at the same time, and I was setting my recorder up there. I was messing with it, and he was looking at whatever he had in his hand, and we both kind of look up at the same time, and he's like, Jeff, good to see you. I'm like, yeah, like it's been a minute. And he said, well, yeah, it has, hadn't it? And then he did a walk and talk with you afterwards, yep. didn't he? Because yep. he, he was he was on his way out and had to go back to catch his plane because he flew in yesterday morning, was picked up at the airport, brought in, uh, did the uh, Q&A with me and the panel discussion with us afterwards, did his news conference, and then he was shuttled back to the airport and yeah. he flew back because he I, said, i got to get back to Chapel Yeah, Road. I don't know if he mentioned this with you guys on Friday, but he said during the press conference he doesn't – he doesn't go around doing clinics anymore. He doesn't. He or, unless it's unless it's on campus at Chapel Hill for their clinic. He yeah. doesn't. He doesn't speak anymore. He did this as a favor to the THSCA. And I'm, I again, I don't know if he said this on Friday, but he said this in the press conference. He he never really got to say his goodbye to the THSCA, the high school coaches in the state. Never got to say thank you for everything they did for him for 16 years. So he really, really, I don't know if closer is the right word you want to use, but he really wanted that platform. To thank the high school coaches. I mean, that's one of the kind of highlight moments from when he's up there 
accepting the national championship trophy, doing an interview with John Saunders. He doesn't get very far before he thanks high school coaches in the state of Texas. Yes. And puts high school football on a platform. Guy just won the national championship, and one of the first groups of people he recognizes are high school football coaches in the state of Texas. He mentioned that in the Q&A, and he said that was important to him to do, not necessarily just because of the recruiting thing and all that. He said he genuinely felt like he owed it to them. And he, yeah. and he felt like he owed it to the Coach Association to come back and speak. Uh, Glenn West, who was one of the inductees going into the Hall of Honor last Saturday night, but he's the assistant executive director, he flew to Chapel Hill last year for a game mm-hmm. to ask Mac to come and speak at this. And, and the, way, the way that Glenn tells it is, when he was talking to Mac, he said, hey, we'd really like you to come and speak uh, – Glenn said the way I put it was, we've been we've been wanting to get you to come and speak uh, at uh, at coaching school. And Max said, "Well, you better hurry." <laughs> he said, "I'm not going to be doing this a lot longer." So he said, "Well, how about next July?" And he said, "Okay." So uh, so he did it. That was really good. Um, and then there was the Division One coaches panel discussion. Before that, though, and we'll get to more of this tomorrow. Added to the press conference, and this is why I missed I missed the Blake Gideon, A.J. Milwee lecture, because they brought in Gary Kubiak and David Pierce for a press conference because they had done a panel together. Nice. And in case anybody doesn't know, they're brother-in-laws. Uh, and it's really weird to have like the A&M side and the Texas side. And of course, uh-huh. everybody's asking Gary Kubiak about the game being back and everything. Uh, but I had a really, really good conversation with David Pierce for about 10 to 15 minutes yesterday, and we'll get into, we'll get into some of that more tomorrow. Good. And and uh, you're right. When Mac walked off the stage at the end of the Q and A, ascending the stage is Blake Gideon. Yeah, I said, "Hey, did you see the laugh?" He goes, "Yeah, I did." Uh, so um, uh, he had really good things to say, obviously in the Q and A, and then at the panel. But uh, then afterwards, like I said, the Division One FBS coaches panel discussion happened. Every Division One FBS coach in the state of Texas, including. Casey Keeler of Sam Houston, because they are now Division One FBS. Thank, they are. Thank goodness Sam Houston doesn't have to play that wheels-off, like, outlaw schedule yeah, that, that they weird had a couple thing. years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and, and by the way, they are still, quote-unquote, technically ineligible to participate in a bowl, but they've already petitioned the NCAA saying, if we have a winning record and if you have – not enough bowl slots to be filled by teams. Well, six wins. Mm-hmm. If we have six wins and you don't have enough six and six teams, uh, they're petitioning, asking to be asked to be invited at six and six to a bowl game over a five and seven. I'd rather see that. Yeah, yeah. I would I would as well. Uh, but Casey Keeler was on there. Dana Holgerson at Houston. Mike Bloomgren at Rice. Sonny Dykes at TCU. Eric Morris at North Texas. Uh, Jeff Trailer UTSA, who is usual, steals the show. He was hilarious. Um, uh, Rhett Lashley of SMU. Uh, obviously, Sark. Uh, I mentioned Dana Holgerson. Uh, who else am I leaving? Uh, Dana Dimmel from UTEP. Every, and G.J. Kinney of Texas State. Every Division One FBS coach was up there except for two. Uh, one uh, was... Um, Dave Aranda. Dave Aranda, who told us, you and I, mm-hmm. um, last Tuesday when he joined us, or Wednesday, at Big 12 Media Day, said he would not be there, and he'd already let the 
High School Coach Association know that because of the passing of his father, and he was going to be uh, at his memorial service. And so uh, we, we mentioned that yesterday. And then Jimbo Fisher wasn't there. Uh, and I know it surprised some people um, because earlier he had committed to being there, but he wasn't. He wasn't there. Yeah, Jimbo missed. I didn't know this uh, Aggie Coaches Night in Austin, the fish fry. Apparently, Jimbo missed that. Did he? I, I, that was apparently. This is uh, and A and M fans or boosters. If you don't, somebody's listening, wants to correct me, feel free. I heard that there was uh, a medical issue with his son that okay. they needed tending to, and that's why he couldn't make that deal. Okay. So okay, yeah. Um, the, the the way the coach association basically told me that they weren't given a reason other than they were given about two hours notice that he was not going to be there and and so they pivoted off of that they just did i think someone operations or whatever said he's not going to be there yeah so anyway so there was that and there was the uh the actual panel discussion itself which was compelling that the 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 topics that are always the most compelling these days transfer portal and nil yeah, yeah. And, and i thought it was really interesting how you know, uh, some of the coaches talked about transfer portal. Uh, uh, Sonny Dykes talked about. It. He said, "Yeah, we had to. We had to take some. Rhett Lashley at SMU. We had to take several uh, to do that. But understand that a lot of times. And GJ said this, and I think he said it in our my conversation with him. When we're taking transfer portal kids, most of the time we're taking kids that still played their high school football in Texas, yeah. no matter where they were before, because they have an understanding of what we want. Sark." Um, and and every coach, and it, you've got one hour to get uh, question an equal number of of questions for eleven coaches. That's one of the hardest <laughs> things I have to do on that deal. It's fun, but you got it. I have to manage time, and I'm looking who's who hasn't had an opportunity. Everybody got at least two questions. There was that one year where Gary Patterson answered a question, and I swear to six like and a half tw- minutes. It, it felt like twenty. I know it was six and a half <laughs> minutes, and so we said. And and, and uh, that was because what we had done was we allowed in the past the coaches to kind of give a little welcome and, hey, from our program, if you coaches, anytime you want to come by, just a chance to sell their program. That was something the Coaches Association wanted to do. Well, after he did that, they said, we have almost no panel time left by the time everybody got a chance to do it. And G- GP's good people, but like he went down like he's too deep and talked about his staff, and I think we knew who the TCU, like, you know, laundry folks were by the time he was done with that thing. And then Jimbo went and he and he went rapid fire through his stuff. Well, yeah, Jimbo says the same stuff GP says. It's just about you know a quarter of the time. Yeah, and then and then Holgerson comes in behind and goes, Ah, yeah, yeah, GP up here monopolizing all the time. And then uh, and then uh, yeah, then you got Jimbo talks the damn fast. Nobody can understand him, man. <laughs> He's just going. So they were like. Yeah, we're going to change that. <laughs> we're going to just jump right into it. So we did. Uh, Sark talked about how difficult an evaluation proce- uh, process is and how difficult it is. Uh, he said, we've got 30 new faces on our roster. 25 are high school kids, 5 are portal. He said, but i got to let you guys know. And he's talking to the high school coaches. Big room for me. He said, it's hard. It's very difficult for us talking about do you feel that immediate need? Do you do development? So he was explaining that, and they all had their their time to talk about that and NIL and things of that nature and the money and how Sonny Dyke spoke at length about how that's there've got to be uh, what did he he said there's got to be some gatekeeping on it. There's yeah. there's got to be some other things. So anyway, that was kind of the wrap of that. We're going to hear 
from Sark, right? Here with uh, Longhorn Network. Yeah, we got, some, up. We got yep. some cuts. We, mm-hmm. We've got that. Uh, we do have Inconceivable. We've got that today. Uh, and we've got a lot more as we continue to light the tower. Uh, here's another thing, too. Jeff, uh, are you having difficulty accessing our text line? No. Okay, because it's not Some, coming up here on wrong my with that computer? Uh, yep. Uh, so right. our, our, uh, it's good to know that it's coming up there at 337 I'll see if I can fix that for you during the break. Okay, that's the text line. Also, as always, we give away a copy of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Yeah, we're doing it right now. Be the eighth caller. Caller number eight at 512-447-3776. Eighth, number eight caller, 512-447-3776. Cam will get your name and information down to win a copy of the 2023 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine from Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260, live local and digital on the Horn app and hornfm.com. Light the Tower. Okay, our Specs text line is up. It was up anyway. It just wasn't on my computer. But it is now, thanks to Jeff and resetting all of that. 512-337-3776. Let, let me just say. It means you can send in your not safe for work pictures, and Craig now has access to them. So oh, fire yeah. away. Oh, yeah. um, I will say this um, to the one texter who asked about changes upcoming and things like that. Uh, I would say. In the coming days, short days, we're going to have some more clarity for you. I know some folks are wanting more answers than when than we've been at liberty to be able to disclose, but we will uh, we will give you some more information, and so that you'll have a clearer picture here in uh, the coming couple of days. So just. Hang with us on that. If you really want to know, we want answers. You want hard, concrete answers. Cameron is on Twitter, at Cameron B. Parker. So feel free. His DMs are open, so feel free to. Very cruel of you, Jeff. Very cruel. Uh, so, yeah, we'll we'll have some more information for you coming in. Obviously, the, you already uh, heard the news. The uh, release came down last Thursday, and we read it right after it came down. And in full disclosure about the broadcast rights for uh, Longhorn uh, athletics uh, moving across town to iHeartMedia. Uh, we did we did talk about that. Uh, uh, you've seen the other release about uh, upcoming programming to be on 101.9 and AM 1260. Uh, we'll have some more clarity and some more information here in the coming couple of days. So we're just asking you to hang hang with us here. We'll uh, have a little more a little more disclosure for you here coming up here uh, pretty soon as some I's are dotted and some T's are crossed. Uh, somebody said. Any idea where Dave Campbell's Texas football can be purchased? Can't find it to any at the usual places. I would think it would be on the newsstands by now. In fact, I know it is. I say the newsstand. It, it, the closest newsstand to here is probably New York City, actual newsstand. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, I did see a couple of newsstands when I was in New York for yeah. the, at the Texas play, the Jimmy V Classic. Yes. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen I haven't been to either of these stores in a minute. Uh, HEB and Walmart typically have them. Have them and yes. Barnes and Noble. Yes, typically, typically Barnes and Noble is pretty much the only place you can find the Phil Steele college football preview now. Yep. Yeah. So uh, 
those are the usual knee-jerk reactions from us to tell you to check out those places you may already have and um and uh you know so that's that's it somebody said barnes and noble okay, okay. cool so there so so hopefully we've got a little bit of breaking news as we start the longhorn notebook too craig okay so so let's do longhorn notebook sounder and then we'll do breaking news sounder how about that jeff howe's longhorn notebook how about that so i saw this release come down you've got in my mailbox uh pretty much almost at the start of the show if you've gotten used to saying the at&t red river showdown that applies for you craig since you have to call it by the full sponsored name that's right well that goes out the window now. The, it's not uh, the Red River Showdown no, anymore. The Texas and, OU game. And it's not what I wanted it to be, what I told Rod Babers years ago, and he loved the idea. The State Fair Street Fight. It's not that either. We're going back to uh, a little alliteration because this is the All-State Red River Rivalry. All right, all you Elmer Fudnicks out there, Wed Wivel Wivelwee, it's the Red River Rivalry, and it has returned. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of people... I noticed still we're calling it that. Yeah. Even after it went to showdown, a lot of people were calling it Red River Rivalry. I think I like the new logo, guys. I think it's better than the I, AT&T okay, one. Okay, I'll give you uh, – yes, thank you, Cam. I'll give them that. The logo does look sharp. My deal is I, I, I just <laughs> – our Horns 24-7 staff, I think it was going into the 2021 game. I finally had to tell everybody, look, for purposes of making sure – because, you know, when you run a website, you got to make sure SEO and all that stuff is on point. I'm like – We've got to decide. We're either all doing shootout or we're either all doing showdown. Yeah. Can't be pick and choose. I want right. Red River rivalry. I want shootout. No, whatever. Got to gotta do one. Got to pick one. So we're like, okay, it's showdown. We'll go with showdown. So now it's rivalry again. So It's rivalry. There you go. Uh, it says Allstate is the uh, title sponsor of it now. So uh, And it's uh, so it's going to be called the Allstate Red River Rivalry. I would just say if if you have trouble saying it, just kind of do it slowly. Red River Rivalry. You don't you don't have to try to fly through Red River Rivalry. <laughs> I mean that's a tongue twister. Say that fast ten times. Say it fast five times. Red River Rivalry. You know you're gonna you're gonna struggle with it if it does that. Uh, I've always been a fan and a student of elocutionary skill. That's why I always said that I that. Uh, Two things that I've never had a chance to do that I would have liked to have done is to be able to learn how to call an auction and how to call a square dance. Square dance thing is is random, but the auction, yeah, I can see how you'd want to do that. Because it it both require elocutionary skill. You gotta go to like auctioneers, like an auctioneer college. You do, you know. And I've had people say, Oh, I could teach how to do it, I could teach how to do it, and they probably could, but you know My wife had one of her students years ago who that's one of the things he did. He I think the family owned an mm-hmm. auction company. He had to legit go to auctioneer college to yeah. learn how to speak that fast and how to run an auction. Absolutely. So uh, they both require some elocutionary skill, as it does for the um, a- as it does for the Red River rivalry. Yes, uh, but Steve Sarkeesian won yes. the Red River game last year, forty nine nothing, and uh, Sark before he gets ready for his third third OU game, mm-hmm. third season on the job. 
We heard a lot from Sark from Big 12 Media Days, but as we've said, he had his press conference at the THSEA convention yesterday. Uh, just get to a couple things, and we'll have time in hour two to get to some of these, too. So, Cameron, let's go ahead and get to cut two. Uh, this is Sark talking about the, the director of high school relations position that they've had. Uh, Chris Gilbert was in that role when Sark got hired. He's now got a full-time spot at North Texas, and you'll hear Sark talking about Jamal Fenner. He feels like Coach Fenner's on the same track, and whoever he hires after that, they just kind of hope to keep that going. It's been huge. Um, you know, I'm about opportunity and the fact that uh, Chris Gilbert was able to come on board and get a full-time position job at North Texas. And then you hire Jamal Fenner, who probably in a year or two will be in the same boat. And, and then that that creates that opportunity for the next guy that – you know, we're, we're about promoting success for people. And I think along the way, our players forge great relationships with those guys. Um, the high school coaches in the state of Texas know that, hey, we're hiring good people. And if they want to come around, they want to be around the program, come to practice, sit in meetings, whatever that looks like, they've got a great conduit to, to make that happen. Um, you know, but ultimately, like that connection and then the growth out of the position is, I think, why those guys took these jobs. And you know, if I can be a, if I can be a springboard for them, that that that's a that's a huge, you know, deal for us. And the fact that man, if we can keep bringing people in, great people, good people, people that are respected in the in the high school ranks, that then they can go on and do more. Well, that's good for them. That's good for us. That's good for our players because ultimately everybody wins. I think that goes for yeah. staff positions as a whole because you look at Sark's coaching staff, the 10 full-time assistants, really other than Andre Coleman retaining him, Sark's made some really good calls. I mean, he's had two guys leave on their own volition. Stan Drayton took a head coaching job and Brennan Marion took an OC job where he could call plays, uh, which he wasn't going to do at Texas. So uh, he's had two assistants move up. And I think you you know you look at the rest of that staff, Craig. There's guys that probably I'm sure Tashar Choice at some point wants to be a head coach. Sure, I'm sure Jeff Banks at some point wants to be a head coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then you've got some guys like you know Bo Davis is kind of a lifer assistant. So it's kind of it's an interesting mix on the on field staff. But I do think I think people get hung up on the the player personnel jobs, the behind mm-hmm. the scenes jobs of when somebody does move on or gets a promotion. It's like oh you need to pay that person more. We got to keep them well. Those jobs aren't meant for you to stay in that job for ten to fifteen years. They They're, have a shelf life. Yeah, you're there, you know, three to five, and then you're on to to whatever's next. So Rick Barnes used to say, and, and he said, he goes, "This isn't one hundred percent every single case, but it's the vast majority of cases." I don't want to hire an assistant. Do we have some breaking news? No, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Kim. Right. That uh, was a board completely glitching. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rick Barnes said, this is not true in every single case, but for the majority of, of guys, I don't want to hire an assistant coach who doesn't want to be a head coach someday. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to hire a guy who's content just to be alive. He said, now, it's not true in every case. And you think about it, Bill Guthridge was an assistant to Dean Smith, I think, 31 years or whatever, mm-hmm. and then he became the head coach when Dean Smith retired. I actually got Carolina to a Final Four, but it just never really yeah. ultimately clicked. The other night when Glenn West went, uh, was inducted into the Hall of Honor, 
He was the son of Ken West, who was a longtime assistant. And he said, my dad never really wanted to be a head coach. And the reason why, he was a longtime assistant at Brownwood under the immortal and legendary Gordon Wood. And they had the thing. Morris Southall, the longtime offensive coordinator. He was was a lot of the glue back behind it. And, And both of those guys are in the Hall of Honor for their work as assistant coaches, not as head coaches. It's not true in every case. But it's true in a lot of cases that assistants ultimately want to be head coaches. Yeah, I want to get to. Uh, we've got time for one, maybe two more. So, Ken, sure. let's let's go to cut five. Somewhat in that same vein, Craig. You know, we talk about college coaches have so much on their plates now, and Sark was asked, you know, something along the lines of, "Do, do you feel like you've got enough time to do everything you want to do?" And he gets into because we know, look, he he's he calls his own plays. He's heavily involved in recruiting. Uh, you know, when you're the head coach of Texas, you you got to handle you know the donor aspect, and you got to go to dinners and things like that. You wear a lot of hats when sure. you're the head coach here. Uh, and this is Sark talking about time management as far as getting everything done he wants to get done. My wife asks me that question all the time because I want to do it all, and I and I commit to doing it all. I mean, when I sign up to be the head coach at the University of Texas, it's I recruit, I game plan, I call plays, I mentor, I, I mean, I, I do everything. And so, you know, if I wanted an easier way out, I'd go to the NFL because they don't have to recruit. It's a little different, it's a little easier. So the reality of it is I love what I get to do and I get to be impactful on young men's lives and families' lives. And so uh, I enjoy it and I embrace it. Uh, and then, Cam, we'll, one more cut here. Uh, we'll go to cut seven. Uh, you know, Sark was asked various questions about the THSCA, uh, about high school football in the state of Texas. Uh, but I just thought this one was probably his best answer on all of it. Uh, this is basically what he's taken away from his time being around high school football in the state. Well, I think first and foremost, the coaching is impeccable. <laughs> what the high school coaches do in this state is incredible. Um, I think when the players, when we get them, they are so much more well-versed to uh, accommodate to what we do and what we ask of the players. Um, the competition is incredible. Uh, I, will, I will say that. Like I, I think about what's going on in the state championship games at the end of the year and, and, and w- what these guys do to get their teams ready to play in those games. But then, you know, for me, I go out in January and I, I kind of bebop around and I'm getting in weight training sessions and different things. I'm watching guys work. It's across the board. It's not just the teams that are playing for state championships. It's across the board. These guys work. And these coaches have an impact on these young men. And, and that's why I want to celebrate them. That's why I'm here. Because the impact they have on young people's lives, which is why we do what we do, is incredible. So uh, I commend everybody for the job that they do. Um, it's not easy. And not everybody's making a bunch of money. And they're doing it out of, out of the goodness of their heart. And uh, I'm very appreciative of that because, man, I, I said my son is a freshman at UT right now. And he had a great high school coach. And he was lucky. And not all of them get that. But when you get a good high school coach, they start – kind of laying that foundation for what it's supposed to look like in your future outside of football and that and that's why we do what we do i know we have a lot of high school coaches in the area who listen to this show because i, I get you know 
Facebook messages or Twitter DMs or in the case of yesterday, coaches stopping me in the hallway at the exhibit hall telling, telling me that they enjoy uh, our little two hours right here of our live local program. And I know, I know a lot of them are in Houston right now yep. getting professional development hours and going to lectures and things like that. But I think it's always nice uh, for the high school coaches to just have that reinforced that you know the, the big time FBS head coaches in this state really do care about what they're doing. I used to have head coaches tell me, celebrated ones, ones who were in the Hall of Honor, and this has been several years, tell me that, yeah, coaching school has changed from the days when we would we'd all pile in and one school, the <laughs> ISD vehicle, go down there, four dudes sleep into a room there doing that. And then, of course, there was the, there used to be the uh, image that uh, somebody used to say, and it wasn't the coach association, he said it was one of the others, said you could always tell when coaching school was down because the business, the best businesses that were done were on the golf courses and the uh, uh, cabarets. Yeah. Uh, but that's a lot of that has drastically changed. Yeah. It's, uh, and now. I, I hear like hearing from coaches that, again, did this stuff 20, 30 years ago, and they'll talk about, you know, some of the best, you can go to lectures or whatever, some of the best. You know, talking ball and things you pick up. It's you know eight people in a in a room and everybody just sitting around drawing up stuff, literally on napkins. Yeah, with some with some beverages flowing. It's really cool. It, it it's good experience. We'll have more on that and also the uh, the experience that Jeff and I had, independent of one another last night, not realizing the other one was doing the exact same thing at that time. We'll tell you about that coming up when we continue. Up next, Inconceivable, Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower. Inconceivable. 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 You keep using the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. Uh, one thing, a uh, quick uh, cleanup thing here, even though we normally do the cleanup uh, after hour number one. Somebody asking us to uh, please pronounce uh, Neto Umiazulu's name. That's how it's pronounced. Uh, you may have heard other things. Umo Zulu. Um, that's not what we've heard. You've heard. You've heard Umiazulu. Uh, right? I've been saying that's how Mike Roach pronounced it. That's how Mike told me he was told it's pronounced. That's yep. how you've been saying it during broadcast. Yep. Nobody's corrected you yet. Yep. So right. So you know. So there you go. Uh, okay. On Inconceivable we go. And uh, let's see. Did we have a uh, – we did not have a um, fast food uh, note today. I thought we did, but we don't. So maybe we'll have another. But what we do have, we've got a couple of things. Hey, actually, um, I got some breaking news if you want to start sports-related breaking news. Okay. Let's roll that one in there right now. According to Brett McMurphy, and this is Brett McMurphy's real account, mm-hmm. next year's SEC Media Days, mm-hmm. which we will attend, mm-hmm. doesn't look like we'll have to go very far because Brett McMurphy's saying it'll be held in Dallas. Sources tell Action Network. He means, when he says Dallas, he must mean Arlington. Uh, it said it'll be the first year with Texas and Oklahoma in the league, and first time SEC Media Days will be held, he said, in the Longhorn State, but in the state of Texas. Wow. So I'm sure I'm sure the Aggies are going to blow up Brett McMurphy's Twitter that you know there are more than one SEC programs in the state. But yeah. yeah, looks like, uh, I don't know if it'll be the star or the death star, but we'll... Uh, Doing I'm sure that will make Nick Saban happy. See, there's a reason why that breaking news sender went off by itself. Yeah. It was just it was it was ahead of giving the, you a warning. It, it knew it knew. Okay, firing the warning shot. Um, uh, see, and I know there's going to be some. At, see, Texas is already doing it. They're already having influence over the league. Media days that. in their home state. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I I don't know about you. I'd heard rumors for the last three or four years yeah. saying it was probably going to be moved to the Dallas Fort Worth the, area uh, before Texas and OU joined the league. Yeah. That they wanted to yeah. have it there. So. Um, this was uh, uh, this was an adjunct to a story that I did the other day, but it but it uh, it kind of bears a little bit of repeating. You weren't with us the other day. Let me ask you this: Are you familiar with the term skip lagging? Skip lagging. Yeah. Do you know what skip lagging is? Sounds like something unsavory on Urban Dictionary, but no, you, I have not heard of it. I bet you have skip lagged before. Skip lag. Okay. Cam may have Enlight- skip lagged before. I don't think so. Skip lagging is when you're flying, say, from, oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, let's let's just say you're coming home from Birmingham after the Texas-Alabama game. Yeah. And you got to change planes in DFW or or Houston. Let's just say DFW. And but all of a sudden you needed to cover something in Arlington, and you didn't use the last leg of your ticket. You just got off the plane and you went on and you found your own way home. That is skip lagging. Okay, I've done it many times in my life. I, w- I will tell you. Well, now the airlines are cracking down on it because they're saying that, you know guys are getting uh, better rates to fly this, and then they're just junking the last half of the ticket. Well, to that extent, American Airlines has barred a 17-year-old from flying with the airline for three years because he tried to use a skip-lagging ticket. He said he couldn't fly with the airline for three years. Um, his uh, uh, He was then later said he never violated any policy or broke any contract. He simply went to a counter to get his boarding pass. Uh, they barred a teenager who planned to disembark during his layover in, wait for it, Cam, Charlotte, Mm. instead of New York, his final destination. The teenager's father, Hunter Parsons, said the airline barred his son from flying with them for three years because he was planning to use a $150 skip-lagging ticket, a practice prohibited by many airlines, including American. His ticket was canceled and banned from AA for three years, but he never actually did anything wrong. He never even got his boarding pass, said his dad. Skip lagging is also known as hidden city or throwaway ticketing. That's that controversial, as I mentioned, cost-saving strategy where passengers book tickets with a layover with the idea of skipping the second leg of the flight. While skip lagging helps passengers save money, it often results in lost revenue for the airlines. When I've done it, it wasn't uh, as a cost saver. It's because yeah. I had to do it. I had to get off and, and, and go somewhere or do something. Uh, the, the kid was scheduled to fly from Gainesville, Florida, to New York City with a layover in Charlotte. The gate agents in Florida took his son to a security room to be questioned after seeing his North Carolina driver's license and suspected that he wouldn't continue to fly to New York City. So his father said his family had to purchase a new direct ticket, which cost more than $400 so the teenage son could fly to Charlotte. He said his son didn't know he was doing anything wrong. So mm-hmm. skip lagging. Yeah. That's something to, uh, to uh, keep an eye on. American sucks skip. anyway. Yeah. Look up skip lagging on Urban Dictionary, see if anything pops up. I'll let you guys know. Yeah. Uh, we got a couple of um, oops, didn't mean to do that type of thing. The Cincinnati Reds had a Hall of Fame introduction yesterday for former general manager Gabe Paul and former pitchers Danny Graves and Bronson Arroyo. Um, after the induction of Paul, none other than Hall of Famer Johnny Bench was at the podium. And he was talking about and he said that Gabe Paul signed him for $400 per month out of high school. That was in Binger, Oklahoma. 
And Paul's daughter, Jenny, said, that's cheap. And then Ben said, yeah, well, he was Jewish. <laughs> so then, then afterwards, he said, he went up to Jenny, because Jenny then said, he went up to her and said, kind of, was I wrong? Should I not have said that? I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I didn't, was that insensitive? She goes, I didn't even hear you say it. But Johnny Bench, quick to apologize. He said, I recognize my comment was insensitive. I apologize to Jenny from taking away from her father the full attention he deserves. Gabe Paul earned his place in the Reds Hall of Fame. Same as the others who stood on that stage. I'm sorry that some of the focus is on my inappropriate remark instead of solely on Gabe's achievement. Yes. She said, I didn't even hear him say that. He came up and said, were you offended? And I said, for what? I didn't even hear him say that. And then she went on to, to say, no, 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 no. Uh, and, and she wasn't bothered by it. And somebody said, are you Jewish? And she said, nope. My mother was Episcopal. When they got married in 1939 on opening day, April 17th, he made a pact with my mother not to interfere, and he did not interfere. I never saw him walk into a temple. I never heard him talk about his faith. But you know his parents were from the Ukraine. She said that. So he had 12 children. Most of them practiced Judaism and that he had a strong faith, but her mother was left to raise Jenny as an Episcopalian. So that was the deal. He apologized, and they moved on. Meanwhile, the Spanish women's national soccer team has apologized after the country's federation posted a now-deleted video on social media of four players appearing to mock New Zealand's traditional haka, the haka dance. Oh. Uh, you know, it's that they mocked it, huh? Ceremonial Maori war dance. Many of the country's national teams. Euless Trinity yeah, does the haka. They, do, they actually do. The, the, I found this out later. They actually oh, they do, changed a few years ago, didn't they? Yeah, to the yeah, sippy towel. Yeah, 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 that's right. They do. They they don't do the haka. They do the sippy they towel. They used to do. The yes, haka they did back in the day. Yeah, because yeah, it's a very strong Polynesian community uh, up there in uh, right near DFW Airport, mm-hmm. and uh, so they've apologized for that. And then finally, Cam, here's a question for you, and same question for Jeff. Um, the question is: How often should you poop? I've often I've contemplated this. Have you a lot in my life? Yeah, well, like the answer is not eleven times in one day. No, True. no, no. Sorry, texter. The one that I, I would say I would say three. Right? If you eat three, three a day, if you eating three meals a day, you should have three BMs. Right? Well, the answer might not be exactly what you say, uh, what you think. Um, Dr. Fulseid May, an associate professor at the David Geffen School of Medicine at UCLA, says it's a mis. Conception. He's a gastroenterologist. I even have people who try and make appointments because they say, oh, I stopped having a bowel movement every single day a few years ago. And I have to remind people there's not really a fixed or normal number. The notion probably stems from the Victorian era belief that having a bowel movement daily makes you healthier. But he said not necessarily. Um, most people will have anywhere between one per day up to and you mentioned it three times per day yeah. uh and it and, and he goes uh sometimes all the way to three times per week per week anywhere in that range we consider normal so if you're every other day you're okay nothing to nothing to according see the doctor about. according to the doctor from ucla look I'm it doesn't saying. have to be once a day it doesn't have to be three times a day certainly doesn't have to be 11 times in a day there's somebody i don't know who on this there's several businesses on this fourth floor i'm gonna find the culprit who keeps defiling the bathroom it could be multiple culprits i don't know but 
Hmm. Someone's going to get put on like the terrorist watch list if they keep up that activity in there. I'm just telling you. <laughs> it's happening, were the right? conditions Were the conditions fine when you went in there during the break, Craig? Yes, I got lucky okay, this time. good. Yeah. But sometimes we're not lucky. Yeah, okay. All well, right. However many times that culprit's doing it is too much. <laughs> Second hour coming up, a light to tower.